Building your business was hard. Getting out of it on your terms can be even harder. Welcome to the Tobin Leff M&A Podcast, where you can rewrite the next chapter of your life with the help of business owners who have been in your shoes. In the past decade, Tobin Leff has completed over 125 successful merger and acquisition and exit planning engagements across the U.S. with a focus on marketing, advertising, PR, and digital firms. Go online to TobinLeff.com to learn about the latest in business so that you can build and monetize your company value. Join us now for today's conversation. Hello, and welcome to the latest installment of the Tobin Left M&A podcast. Today's title, To Sell or Not to Sell in 2021, Don't Let the Tax Tail Wag the Dog. I'm Holt Vaughn, a partner at Tobin Left, and I'm joined today by our founder and managing partner, David Tobin, and also Tobin Left partner and financial analyst, Chuck Gottschalk, who is a former CPA with Ernst & Young. So let's jump right in. This podcast came about because at our weekly partners meeting, we talk about what's happening in the market, including different opportunities we're seeing. And recently, some of our clients and prospective clients, they've asked us if they should try to get their companies sold in 2021 while capital gains rates are low. Okay, so that brought on an important discussion. Uh, Things like, is it time to sell because of potential increases in capital gains tax rates. Should we recommend to clients and prospective clients to try to get their transactions completed in 2021? But then we really at that point came to what is actually the better question and that is simply this, is now an opportune time to sell? So having said that, I'll turn it over to David and Chuck. Guys, what are some good reasons for acting now? David, what what would you comment about that? Holt, in addition to what you mentioned about the tax rates, the likelihood that the capital gains tax rates will go up next year, the marketplace today is active. In fact, from our experience, our vantage point, it's more active today than it was pre-COVID. So certainly owners have to take that into account. Related to that, a number of business owners over the years have said to us, they don't want to build back through another recession. They went through it in 08 or 2000. They don't have the strength and energy to have to build back again. So that's also a reason to say, consider selling now. We know the marketplace is good. Buyers have capital to deploy, tax rates are low. Chuck, do you want to jump in and add any yeah, additional reasons? Yeah, yeah. Um, I just feel that uh, this podcast was created by this reaction to we must sell because of the tax changes that are going to happen. We know taxes are going to have to go up by how much, nobody is certain. And this podcast is about uh, why you should think about it a lot more than just taxes when selling. Okay, all right. those are good points. What, what about things like interest rates uh, being at, at historic lows and, and, and the fact that banks are actively in the process of lending money for transactions? What about things like that? Tax rates in some situations will impact the valuations. Many transactions with service firms are based on a multiple of EBITDA. However, a percentage of the buyers will value a company based on 
the net after tax cash flow through methods like a capitalization of historic earnings or discounted future cash flow. In those situations, the impact of tax will put pressure on valuations. Chuck, certainly you and I are witnessing with interest rates being at almost historic lows, less money to borrow. And to add to that whole, banks are very supportive in today's climate to lend money for acquisitions, not just SBA-backed loans, but all types of traditional and non-traditional loan sources. All right. Okay. So, so those are, are some reasons that, that are worthy of considering selling in, in terms of doing a transaction in 2021, which is blazing by, right? 2021, we're, we're, we're nearly halfway in. But having said all that, uh, our level of kind of enthusiasm to promote the idea of sell in 2021, this, this, this idea is kind of tempered because as we've alluded to already, you can't really let tax rates alone drive your M&A decisions, right? So there's arguments on both sides of, of this super important decision for business owners. And so we want to kind of dig into and set forth some of those reasons for and against uh, considering uh, trying to sell in, in 2021. So maybe we could begin here with like actually just looking at the numbers. And Chuck, you're our numbers guy uh, when it comes to this kind of thing. I'll, I'll kind of turn it over to you. And you recently wrote a really terrific white paper that we published on this very topic. Um, maybe we could talk a little bit about the numbers capital gains, et cetera, and the chatter that's going on about all of that. Yeah, hold it's so interesting, the chatter that's going on. I had a colleague of mine that had a phrase, hair on fire. And um, there's a certain amount of action in the marketplace being created by this hair on fire uh, reaction to the proposed tax rate changes. Using nice, easy numbers, if a company is sold for $10 million, and it can get closed by the end of the year. The current maximum capital gains rate is 20%. And then there is a additional 3.8% tax that's due on many entities that are sold, but that can be planned around. Um, but at the 20% and the 3.8%, we come up with 23.8% of total tax. So a company that sold for $10 million would have to pay, and the owners would have to pay $2,380,000 of, of taxes, which would leave them with $7.62 million. Now, if we fast forward to January 1, 2022, and we look at the uh, initial proposal of the administration, um, that tax rate is going to increase uh, all the way up to 43.4%. Uh, so it would go from 23.8 to 43.4. And that would result in the same $10 million sale, not paying the $2,380,000 of tax, but now paying $4,340,000 of tax. The seller would be left with $5.66 million on January 1 of 2022 in the event that the proposed tax hikes um, that are out there would happen. That on the surface, it's a huge difference. We would end up with um, 7.6.2 million if we sold on December 31st, and we would end up with 5.66 million if we sold on January 1st of 2022. 
Okay, so so if we just look at that snapshot, those that that those are big dollars. That that's a serious uh, amount of money, and and seems to be a really strong argument to to, as we say, hit the sell button. But that's that's like the perfect segue to this idea of the bigger picture, because there's really more going on in the majority of transactions to, than just that that one snapshot uh, kind of presents. So. Our whole idea here uh, is is this idea of wagging the dog. Uh, let, let's dig into that a little bit, uh, Chuck, David. So there's an old tax phrase that I learned early in my career, and it basically says, don't let the tax tail wag the investment dog. And as a young tax accountant, I would propose ideas. And you know, if you did this, something would happen. And it would be a positive tax outcome, and you could reduce your tax. But it was a bad business decision. And so that phrase has been around long before I came around, and it's don't let the tax tail wag the investment dog. You're talking about a tax rate, even at the proposed rate at 43.8% of being only 40% of the total net proceeds. So you have to focus on getting that top line number right. So instead of selling for 10 million, sell for 12 million, and then you can mitigate whatever pending tax changes there are. That was the lesson learned early on about you can't make a decision just based on income taxes. So it, we're, we're always always talking to to clients and prospective clients, bo- both on the sell side, the buy side, the consulting, to, to, to focus on that top line along with their bottom line and not just be tax driven. So um, t- talk about how all that plays into the realities when, when you do have that liquidity event when you do sign on the dotted line to sell your company there's always the the uh the timing and the earnout that takes place the monies that are paid out are paid out over time uh how does that work yeah holt um so that's something that the people that are saying that you have to sell because of the change in the tax rates today don't address nearly all privately held companies when sold will not receive all of the proceeds in 2021. If uh, a company is fortunate, they may receive as much as 50% at closing, but the reality is 20 to 35% is in the range that's that's normal. And what this means is that if you raise to sell your company before December 31st, 2021, you're only going to be, if you're in the lucky group, taking advantage of the tax rate difference on 50% of the proceeds and on most companies, 20 to 35%. So when you look at the real math, what you find out is that unfortunately those tax rate changes are going to impact the vast majority of sellers, even if they sell before December 31st for between anywhere from 25 to 75% of the proceeds. All right. So, so there are, there's essentially tax and cash flow uh, realities that, that uh, need to be figured in when you're trying to come to some sort of a decision. Uh, again, going back to this idea that, yeah, the taxes make a difference. Uh, they can be a substantial difference, but they're not going to be at the, the, the level of that initial snapshot of just all in one year. That, so, that- that's absolutely correct. You know, so going back to that simple analysis of the $10 million company, probably of that additional tax of $2 million, 
somewhere between 1.5 million and maybe if they're lucky a million is unavoidable, the additional tax. And to make the decision then on only a $500,000 tax savings, 500,000 is still a lot of money, but in proportion to a $10 million deal, it's 5% of the value. And you shouldn't race to sell your company to save 5% on tax. There's probably a better way to find that 5% increase in value. That would be another great topic for a podcast. <laughs> As a side note, there there are other ways and better ways than always just trying to to um, chase the the tax savings. Uh, better ways to grow your firm. Better ways to make money uh, within your firm than just doing that. Um, so, okay, what what are owners of of privately held companies to do? Um, we we well, know they certainly need to consider these tax changes, but I just think it's one. Uh, aspect of a, a total decision. I agree. If owners were thinking about, if they were planning for a transition, there's reasons, Chuck, that you just cited to say, can we get a deal done in 2021? The bigger decision, certainly we discuss, it's should owners put in motion a plan to monetize their interests now, because that plan to do it properly takes time to find the right buyers, to qualify them, to go through due diligence. That That's a process. If somebody owns a service firm, there's typically going to be an earnout period. It could be two to three years. So owners who are thinking about it, there are strong reasons to say, let's look to implement. It doesn't mean the deal will get done this year. We go back to the owners may not want to build back through a recession and also the uncertainty in the marketplace. We all were taught a tough lesson through the pandemic. No one knows what tomorrow will bring. Add to that the uncertainty in the economy. What we know now is for M&A transactions, the marketplace is strong. So that just goes back to weighing in many variables and factors into that important decision to sell or not to sell and when to sell. One of the things that I get really excited about that we get to do at uh, Tobin Leff is is help firms dig in and understand this kind of stuff. And in the big picture, it, it's 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 exciting right now just to look at the idea of selling your firm because, okay, so so we know that the the, the market is strong. We know that banks are lending. Uh, interest rates. There's interest rate advantages that can be taken care of uh, or or taken into account as well in all of this. Um, it's an exciting time in M and A. So factoring in the tax this 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 tax uh, information in the equation. In, in some ways, it's just another good reason to consider, you know, looking at is now the right time to sell my firm. W- what about the, 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 the impact of interest rates and so forth uh, on, on a transaction? Yeah, as David mentioned earlier, the cost of borrowing is significantly lower than it has historically been. And what this means is, and we see playing out in the housing market, is you can get, in a sense, more for less. Um, or more for the same, really, because you keep your payment the same, but the amount you can borrow is greater. This gives buyers the opportunity to, just like in the housing market, to pay a little bit more today than they historically could have paid because of the lower interest rates. 
which is great news for sellers, right? For sure. So let's comment on that. Let's dig into that a little bit. We, we are seeing, um, you know, the proverbial dry powder. We're seeing historically high numbers of, of buyers. Um, uh, that, that whole concept, what, what are we seeing in the marketplace? I know that I've seen tremendous, tremendous response when I've gone out uh, and brought opportunities for firms uh, that are looking to sell, firms that are looking to grow through acquisitions. There's a lot of good stuff going on. Um, what about this whole concept of of the, the the floodgates opening with buyers rushing to find sellers and, and so forth? Yeah, Holt, you use the overused term in the PE world of, quote, dry powder, but it really does apply. When the pandemic hit, rightfully so, buyers ceased M&A activity, not activity completely, but they weren't going to move forward with the transactions. They were focused on their portfolio companies. And there was uncertainty on what will happen with valuation. So the M&A marketplace, for the most part, came to a standstill. When we all adapted and we were able to run our businesses through the pandemic, that capital did not go away. It's sitting there on the sidelines and the PE groups have commitments to their investors that over a period of time, they're going to have to return their capital and have liquidity events. So the capital was there. Now these groups want to deploy it. And that's why we're seeing such an uptick that Chuck mentioned in Hold, we're, we're contacted frequently by private equity groups saying, consider us for some of your client companies. That activity level is higher than I've witnessed in years. And it's sure. just not like private equity. It's also um, companies looking to expand into acquisitions. Many companies um, got a windfall from the PPP. It loaded up their cash coffers. Additionally, the senior management had a year to sit around and dream about how to grow the business. That is also bringing more buyers into the market from existing companies just wanting to grow. And they now have the capital and have put the business plan forth to make it work. Yeah, I, I, I have seen over and over, I have conversations every week with, with uh, buyers and sellers of, of firms. And one of the hot topics right now is talent. Uh, and if you have a firm that has a, a great team, um, there are private companies out there that would just love to add 10 or 20 or 30 or 50 strong players through uh, in, in all in one fell swoop just by acquiring your firm. You can, they, they, they need, yeah, they want the book of business. Yeah, they want your marquee clients, but there's a great hunt going on right now, uh, uh, partly because of the whole, what, what has taken place with COVID and kind of the sea changes in uh, the way we're all doing business. Firms are out there looking for talent and, and there's plenty of firms that are in the, 
in the uh, have made the decision one of the best ways instead of growing here and there organically get an employee here get an employee there go through the onboarding process in one fell swoop if they can acquire a firm they can get a whole cadre of great talent so there's all kinds of things that are taking place in the m a space right now uh, coming out of the whole COVID thing um, that are really positive so when you factor that in again with this idea of sure we aren't going to let the tax uh, situation wag the dog, but it's one more uh, thing to take into consideration in a very, very active market. I mean, there's no lack of statistics or advice on selling your business in terms of when to sell, uh, always try to get the highest price, those kinds of things. Uh, all of these are compelling reasons. Um, but but the truth is, in the end, a seller needs to evaluate the, the all the variables to the best of their ability, get all the information available, and, and not just rely on, on a soundbite from, you know, just potential tax changes alone. Um, what else would you guys add to this this conversation? I think we touched on good points, and I appreciated Holt you taking the lead to put this information out there. And Chuck's effort writing the white paper that can be found on on our website. We certainly would be open, and we would welcome discussions with owners if they wanted to brainstorm the pluses and negatives based on their situation. When is the right time and what that might look like? Yeah, and I'll just close on my end by saying that I think it is a good time to sell. And there are some tax advantages available, but that can't be the only decision maker here. You, you need to look at the entirety of, of why it's a good time to sell and whether it's a good time to sell for you as, a, as an owner individually. And if the, those collective things um, say you should sell, then you should sell. And I'll also mention that if you were considering selling before COVID and your business was stable through COVID, it's a great time to sell. Mm, that, that's a great point. Well, you know, I would put a plug in too, just, just for Chuck for a moment. Uh, the one of the things that I love doing, I, I love relationships. I love talking to CEOs and business owners. Uh, it's a great privilege, and it's it's super fun and and rewarding to help them consider how they're going to monetize their life's work. Like we all know the heart and soul that we put into our companies. Um, but uh, it's one of the when, when we're talking about something that that gets pretty complex pretty quickly in terms of these tax situations, there's there's no substitute for having somebody that just is really talented and really gifted at digging into uh, crazy levels of spreadsheets. And Chuck, you've been a big help to us, and I, and I know our our clients in, in doing that. And, and the I always say there's there's huge value in the the whole left right brain uh, side of this equation. Uh, these businesses are built with heart and soul and creativity, but the numbers are so very important. So yeah, I think this has been a, a great at least a start a kickstart to a conversation like this. Um, one thing business owners know, right, and that that's that owning a business is deeply personal it's it's it becomes a big part of our identity and so in the end selling or selling isn't an entire or it actually become comes down to kind of a, a deeply personal decision and, and it isn't simply quantified by after-tax dollars right sellers need to ask themselves and and this is what we came up with when, when this all started uh, as we were having a conversation in our our partners meeting that sellers need to ask themselves that that one simple question will you be better off emotionally, financially, mentally, and physically if you sell. 
uh, your yes or no to that kind of set of questions is the definitive answer, not just the tax advisor's opinion, as, as important as those numbers are. So as to whether or not now is the best time to sell your business, hey, right now, uh, all of us are in agreement and everything we're seeing, the market is very good. So weigh those data points. And if your answer is yes, or you need some assistance to make that decision, we're here to help. And on that, uh, on that note, uh, I, I hope we all hope that this has been a helpful podcast. Uh, um, I've talked to many uh, clients and, and prospective clients who have told me that they've listened to the podcast and gotten insights that are going to directly contribute to their bottom line in terms of how to build their business, how to prepare their business for sale, or how to grow through smart acquisitions. So uh, there's some great content there. Please don't hesitate to reach out to me or any of our partners on behalf of Chuck and David and myself. Uh, thank you so much um, and be well and stay safe. Thanks for listening to the Tobin Leff M&A podcast, produced by Hannah Vaughn with music by Holt Vaughn. Visit our website at tobinleff.com for case studies, additional resources, and to get in touch with our experts. Subscribe today and never miss an episode.